Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Okay, it is time to start this week's podcast. I don't have any uh, lines to read here. Where's our, where's the script for this week? You didn't get it to me. <laughs> oh, we've never done before. <laughs> That's right. No script. Just two guys talking about the <laughs> the love and forgiveness of God. The Growing in Grace podcast. I am Joel Brzezinski, along with Mike Kapler. I've been digging this talk about forgiveness. It's something that I think a lot of people are not sure about. They wonder uh, whether it's they feel they've had too many sins, whether they feel they've just not confessed them all or have not been sorry enough or whatever. I mean, there are a lot of people that worry about God's forgiveness, you know, whether they're forgiven and what it takes really for them to be forgiven. Have I stepped outside of God's forgiveness? You know, that type of thing. So, you know, we've been talking, well, the last couple of weeks, we were in First John 1, 9, and we talked about how that was something that had to do with people who were unbelievers, who John was writing to them, showing them how they can be brought into this fellowship with God. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and, and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's not something that the believer does on an ongoing basis. It's something that an unbeliever does. They confess, they acknowledge this sin condition, and then they can, oh, okay, so then they then they can believe in the one who provided the forgiveness for them and receive that forgiveness and, and be cleansed of all unrighteousness and then be joined together with God and with other believers in fellowship. So the last couple of weeks we talked about that, and for weeks here we've been wanting to get to Hebrews, and so... Finally, here we are. We're going to spend some time in Hebrews because, as we've said many times before when we've talked about Hebrews, it is so rich with the message, the understanding of God's grace and his love and the forgiveness, the sure and steadfast forgiveness that we have through the shed blood of Jesus. So with that, let's get into some of this, Cap. Let's do it. Um, What we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks or so Let's reiterate or reemphasize that forgiveness doesn't come because you decided to confess you've done something wrong. I know that's what religion has taught us, but that isn't the way the system works. Your confessions do not bring a renewed forgiveness from God. Now, I know that's a, a big that's a big matzo ball to drop on people, right? <laughs> because that's what you've been told all of your lives. Now, I get some of you get it because you've grown in your walk of grace. But for some who are just getting there, getting ready to cross the bridge of grace, making a statement like that is is a, a big thing to have to try to, to lift. And so being sorry, having sorrow for your sins, there is such a thing as, as, as godly sorrow. Mm-hmm. But listen, that isn't what brings our forgiveness. Right. All right? You, you can 
you can have a situation where you kind of feel bad because you didn't behave like who you are in Christ. I mean, there's a place for that. But wallowing around, though, and slipping back into thinking, God needs to forgive me again. I need to clean my slate again and start over again. I mean, if you start having those kinds of things or you start wallowing around, and and I can testify to this too, you start wallowing around in guilt and condemnation to the point where some people just kind of throw God on the back burner for the rest of their lives, or at least for a period of time, because they feel so guilty about what they've done. They just think, I know for me, I had reached a place in my life when I was younger where I just thought, I can't live up to this sort of expectation anymore, the expectation that I thought God had for me or that I had set for myself. I couldn't even live up to the expectations that I set for myself, (laughs) let alone what I thought God had for me. So those aren't the things that, that bring forgiveness. And once you begin to realize, as we've been discussing recently, once you begin to realize that forgiveness has already come, and that we received it through belief in Jesus. But the forgiveness was actually declared at the time of the blood of Jesus being shed for all of mankind, for the entire world, Jew and Gentile, everybody, that it was shed once. And we're going to be getting into some of that stuff, especially here in the book of Hebrews. Joel, I can remember years ago, uh, meeting in our house, we were doing, this was a long time ago, maybe in our very earlier days of growing in grace, mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised it was a good 20 years ago. But yeah. we, we were doing a, a study on Hebrews. And boy, I don't think we knew much about it back oh. then. And, and it just sort of felt like we were spinning our wheels, even though we had this little small group here with us. And I mean, if we were able to do that all over again with a small group, even like what we've done here on the podcast, that the revelation that comes forth from the person who, who wrote this stuff targeting Jewish people who had been under the law and explaining to them the difference between an old covenant that is now obsolete versus the new that Jesus brought in. It's just so great once you begin to get it. So we're going to dive into some of this stuff. Yeah, and we'll explain why it's not our sorrow that leads to forgiveness. Yeah, godly sorrow is a good thing, like you were saying, but it's not what saves us. It's not what brings us forgiveness. It's the one sacrifice of Christ. You know, during our talk we spent a couple weeks on First John 1, 9, and I think I mentioned something about how John is showing them how they can be in the light. He's showing them how they can have fellowship with God and with one another. He's showing them how they can receive the forgiveness of God. In Paul's epistles, he says, we have been forgiven. We are in the light. We have been washed. We have been cleansed. It's it's a done deal. So in Paul's epistles, we see all of that as already having been, been done. The book of Hebrews, it also sheds a lot of light on this once-for-all forgiveness, on, on how it's already been done and why and how it has nothing to do with us. You see, if we're forgiven because we're sorry, then it's me. I, then if I'm sorry for my sin and I'm forgiven for that, then it's the forgive God's forgiveness is based upon me. The scriptures though show that God's forgiveness is based upon him, his will, what he has done, the blood of Jesus. And so we'll go through some of this and and, sh- and just show you how if you're depending upon your own sorrow, your own confession, your own anything, your own repentance, that is how the church, people in the church look at repentance, turning from your sins where repentance really is just a, it's a change of mind, and we can maybe get into that too sometime, but if you're thinking that forgiveness has to do with you changing your behavior, or again, your sorrow, or anything that you do, the scriptures show 
that is all based upon what God has done. There's plenty to get into in Hebrews. Hebrews 6, I think this is some of my favorite stuff because it really shows that it was about God. In Hebrews 6, it says that when God made a promise to Abraham, he could swear by no one greater. So he swore by himself, saying, surely, see, God swore by himself. It was a promise that God made to himself. Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. For indeed, men swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them the end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath. And this is key here, that by two immutable things, or two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, sure, both sure and steadfast. And so what I'm saying here, what I'm trying to bring out of here is that it's God's oath that he made to himself. God, who cannot lie, made an oath to himself. That is the basis of our forgiveness. And it's, it's the basis of, of Christ going ahead and offering himself to shed his blood for the sins of mankind. But our forgiveness is based upon not my promise to change, not upon my promise to be a better person, not upon my sorrow, but it's based upon God's oath that he made to himself. A covenant came about. We believe it was God the Father with God the Son making this covenant. It's based upon God and his promise to himself. That is why we have an anchor for the soul. We have hope as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. It's based upon God's oath. I just wanted to make that point right off the bat here, that it's about a new covenant um, made by God, not made by us and God, but made between God and God. That is a big deal because, you know, there was a movement and maybe still is that focused on, especially for men, focused on our promise to God or our promises to God, keeping those promises. The entire gospel is based on God's promise to us. Mm -hmm. We just have Mm -hmm. turned this so inside out. And so this is a big deal. The, The new covenant is not based on a covenant that we are in directly with God, meaning it's not, as you said, Joel, it's it's not based on what, on some sort of an agreement that I'm going to try harder, I'm going to try to do better, I'm going to try this, I'm going to do that. It, it's got nothing to do with that. God did not, in other words, God did not make this new covenant with you and me, but it was, as you said, between father and son. And the book of Isaiah actually says that God gave Jesus, the Messiah, as a covenant for the people and that he would also become a light for the Gentiles. So in essence, Jesus is the covenant. It it isn't just some sort of written agreement between us and him, uh, between us and God. It's, it's, It's a promise that God made with himself because he could swear by no one greater. Uh, so this this takes all of the pressure off of us 
as as people uh, and and puts it all uh, the responsibility back on God. This was a plan that was uh, God came up with this plan back before time in, in the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, and, and it was fulfilled in Christ. And so that, that's that's a great point to bring out, Joel. Yeah. And it's and, and the writer of Hebrews goes on. And he's, he's really making a really strong case for what we have through what God has done, through God's promise and through what Jesus did. And he says in, in the next chapter in, in Hebrews 17 and Hebrews 7, 18, for on the one hand, there is the annulling of the former covenant because of its weakness and unprofitableness, for the, the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing of a better hope through which we draw near to God. And his whole point in all of this is that under the old covenant, it was based upon the people. It was based upon the people. Um, for one thing, it was based upon the people doing animal sacrifices, and it was based upon the, the people and their ability to change, to keep the law, but that was weak and unprofitable, the writer says here. Um, and Hebrews 8, the next chapter says, it's because God found fault with the people. There was nothing wrong with God himself. And, and the covenant itself, a covenant is just an agreement. And God kept his part of the agreement, but the people did not. So that's why that covenant failed. And so a new covenant was needed. And as we'll talk about next week and as time goes on here, as we continue to talk about this once for all solid forgiveness that we have in him, in Christ, we'll talk more about how uh, this one sacrifice of Christ was all that was needed for our forgiveness, for all of our sins, our past sins, current sins, and any, even the sins that we will commit in the future, all taken care of through the one sacrifice of Christ. More on that as time goes on here on the Growing in Grace podcast. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace.